Hello guys, welcome to another Keeping It Real podcast. Now, this has taken me weeks to do. I've been so MIA with this podcast, but um, yeah, it's just been hectic. Life's just been hectic. So I finally got around to doing it. I'm hoping to have it out so soon, even though I'm just sitting here now recording it. Like I'm hoping that I can have it ready to go before the end of the week. Um, So this podcast is going to be my birth story. Excuse me. So the request for this was actually quite a lot of you that were wanting to know about my birth story, which I'm more than happy to to tell. Um, And then I did do a, excuse me, I'm just like getting over a chest infection. It's so gross I know but that's probably another reason why I haven't had time to record this because I've been coughing and spluttering and carrying on so you you don't really want to listen to that (laughs) um what was I saying sorry so yeah I oh yeah so then I asked about whether or not you guys would want to hear it in podcast pod sorry podcast form or whether you wanted me to do IGTV so IGTV was winning for a little bit there and the podcast which I personally think is a lot more convenient as well um yeah won in the end which thank god because I have wanted more content to produce on my podcast so there's more to come and I've got all these ideas but it's just like slowly taking it step by step I just always have a tendency to try and jump into everything all at once so I need to kind of just take a moment. <laughs> anyway, so without further ado, let's get into it. And this is my labor story or birth story slash experience. I am currently trying to get my little man to have a nap. So if you do hear him in the background, that is probably why. He's just fighting it and fighting it and fighting it. <laughs> um, yeah, okay, so let's get into it. So, oh my God, where do I begin? Firstly, it's been nine months, so I'm going to do my absolute best to tell my story as accurately as I possibly can. (laughs) There's a lot. There's a whole 36 hours of it to tell. So if you're here listening, strap yourself in because there's a lot, a lot to go through (laughs) or a lot to explain, I suppose. But if you're like me, I love a good birth story. Like I... I watch the vlogs, I watch, you know, other people's stories and journeys and yep, you know, when I was pregnant I watched them, I watch them still to this day, it's like the most beautiful thing to see or listen to or, you know, and just, you know, having people's experience to to share is like pretty epic, so, and you know what, I cry every time, I don't plan on making you cry at all. I don't even know if I'm going to get that emotional really. Like I think I'm sort of past that whole thing. Like it was obviously um, overwhelming and super emotional, you know, weeks after giving birth. But now nine months on, I'm kind of like, yeah, like I remember it. But they're right when they say, you know, you totally forget because you do. So (laughs) with that being said, I'm going to do my best to remember all the details. But I mean, it was all a bit of a blur, but yeah, I will do my best. 
So, oh my God, where do I begin? So I gave birth at 36 weeks and three days. So I went into labor naturally on the Friday, which was the 19th. Yeah, the 19th of October, 2018. I didn't give birth until Sunday, 3.23 a.m. on the 21st of October, 2018. So it was a long three days. Um, so basically what had happened on the Thursday, I believe that's where it sort of all began. Um, or I sort of had signs that maybe my little dude was ready to enter the world. He, um, yeah, he was huge. And I just was, had a strong belief that I was, not going to last another month like I just I'd got to 36 weeks and I was like so massive guys like I thought how in the shit am I honestly going to get any bigger than this like he had dropped a significant amount as well so my belly was quite low at this point um yeah and I just I remember posting a photo on my Instagram on the Thursday which would have been the 18th um, and I was, it was an, a 36 week bump photo. And I remember capturing it saying, hoping to meet you soon, little man. I feel like you're ready to make an appearance at any given moment, <laughs> something along those lines. Anyway, like I was convinced that there was no way I was going to go another, another month. So, um, yeah, so be it. Whether that post was me basically asking for it, who knows, but I guess I put it out in the universe and the universe. <laughs> <laughs> totally listened to me and was like, yeah, okay, we're ready to rock and roll. So he, um, it was a Thursday night, I believe. And I apologize for any men listening or any women as well that haven't had kids yet. I'm disclaimer. I'm not trying to scare you. Like I'm just trying to tell all the, all the, uh, the raw details, I suppose, not in too much depth because, you know, it's, a, it's a little bit gross to hear if you're not like about that stuff, but um, I ended up, <clears throat> well, I'm, yeah, I ended up going to the toilet on the Thursday afternoon evening and so much mucus came away, guys. I was like, what the fuck is this? Like, it was literally the biggest clump of like, it was just so bizarre. Anyway, I thought to myself, holy shit, I'm pretty sure that's my mucus plug. And I, I was like, oh shit. And my partner was like, what? I said, I think I've just lost my mucus plug. And of course he's like, what the fuck is that? I was like, well, it like covers, it's like the thing that covers your cervix and blah, blah, blah. Like explain it to him. And he's like, oh, okay. I said, you, I said, some women lose it. Some women don't, but some lose it as a sign that they're, you know, their body's getting ready to go into labor. He's like, oh my God. I, so I got off the toilet and I called the hospital I'm pretty sure I know this is super gross but hey we all do it I sent a picture of it to my mum and I said hey do you think that this is my mucus plug that I've lost I said I'm so sorry it's like super disgusting but I just want to know she's like that's exactly what it looks like call the hospital and so on so I did I called the hospital and I said to them I'm 36 weeks pregnant today I said, um, I believe I've lost my mucus plug. However, I'm unsure because there is no blood accompanied with it, which from what I'd been told and what, what they teach you in the prenatal classes, it's like they, they name it the bloody show for a reason because um, most women will bleed when they lose it. But I did not. 
So turns out it was that, but they said to me, look, if you're only 36 weeks and you haven't got, you haven't not having any contractions or you haven't lost any fluid or anything and your waters haven't broken yet, sometimes what happens is that that rebuilds, um, you know, in your final weeks leading up to your due date. And I said, okay, so I ended up, no, I already had had a midwife appointment booked in for the Friday morning anyway. So they just said to me, look, see how you go overnight, keep an eye on yourself. Um, I wouldn't stress too much and then just talk to your midwife about it the following day. I said, no worries. So um, that's what I did. However, that night, of course, being 36 weeks pregnant, mamas, you will know when you've reached this point of being heavily pregnant, you're like, get this fucking baby out of me ASAP. <laughs> <laughs> like you are so over it by this point. You've got aches and pains. You feel like you've been punched in the vagina. Like you name it, you feel it. So that's the point I was at. And <clears throat> from the earlier hours of the morning, um, every time I stood up, fluid would sort of come away and I'd feel like I was pissing myself. So I was a little bit concerned about that. And so when I went to my midwife appointment, I said to her, I've got like mild cramping. It's not like hectic, but also every time I stand up, like a little bit of fluid will come out. And she said, okay. And I said, I'm pretty sure that I've, I lost my mucus plug as well, but I'm obviously not sure. First time mom, I've got no freaking idea. So she also told me the same thing could happen. It can rebuild itself and blah, blah, blah. Anyway, long story short, she checks me, um, Zaid's head was fully engaged, like he was very low, um, heartbeat was really good, everything was, yeah, he's just good to go basically. So she said, you know, I'm not going to tell you it could be any day, but just you need to keep an eye on how much fluid is coming out because what can happen sometimes is your your membranes or your um, your waters will leak slowly and turns out that's exactly what was happening with me. So um, I ended up having a slow leak of membranes, which is your water, like just technical term or medical term. Um, so it was slow release. So anyway, I went about my day. I ended up going grocery shopping after that because I had to, like, you know, life goes on. <laughs> so I ended up doing our grocery shopping for the week and honest to God, holy shit, guys, that was the longest bloody grocery shop I've ever done in my life. I'm so I was so heavy. Like by the end of my pregnancy, right, I weighed like 72, 73 kilos. Like I was so heavy. That's the most weight I've ever carried in my life. And pre-pregnancy, I was like 52 kilos. So to put on 20 plus kilos, holy shit. Swollen feet. Like I said before, felt like I had bricks hanging from my vag. Like <laughs> all the good stuff. So I, yeah, I did my shop. It probably took me about two hours, to be honest with you, just like waddling my pregnant ass down the aisle. And um, yeah, I ended up doing our groceries. By the time I got home, it was probably lunchtime. So I remember, I remember I'd text my mom, I'd text Riley, I'd, you know, text everyone that I needed to message to say that, you know, baby's pretty much due at any point. And that was that. So my partner was actually working quite far down south that particular day as well. Um, so this is the Friday now, sorry, just to clarify. And it's it's roughly about Friday afternoon at this point. So 
once I packed all my groceries away, I was still getting that um, fluid coming away, but I was just keeping an eye on it because they don't really call you into the hospital or not recommend you call the hospital until you're like soaking a pad basically. And I wasn't at that point. Like, yeah, it was, yeah, it wasn't like to the point that I probably need to go to hospital just yet. Um, so I was just monitoring that. And then from that point, um, you know, I had organized to have dinner with a couple of our friends. And I said, we'll just get pizza, something easy, you know, like I'd, I'd packed all the groceries away. I'm sitting on the couch organizing this and most mummies or pregnant mummies currently, you will know the second that you sit down is when baby is most active, like when you're resting. So, and you know, at 36 weeks, it's like Zaid was like all up in my ribs. That poor little dude had no more room to move really. Like, so I could barely breathe. The heartburn was real, like <laughs> you name it. <laughs> So anyway, it was a lot. The, the morning and doing grocery shopping was just a lot. So I'm pretty sure my grocery shop probably sent me into labor, if anything. <laughs> so um, yeah, the hours sort of went by and passed by and I'd organized this dinner and um, it was probably about 1 p.m. in the afternoon on the Friday and I had, my man had messaged me saying he was on his way home from work, but he was coming from all the way down south, like past Byron. So it's, it took him a couple of hours to get home. So I said to him, all good. I've done the groceries, this, that, and the other, as you do. And I just basically said, I'm just going to have a lie down. Like I really don't feel well. I'm super fatigued. I just feel crap. Like I just feel like I've been hit by a bus. So anyway, I tried my absolute hardest to have a rest and I needed to pee every two seconds or what it felt like anyway. I was up, the fluid would come away, I would go to the toilet, I would lay back down. Then progressively, whilst trying to rest over this two hours of, of you know, my man messaging me and then actually him getting home, I started to have significant like period pain, pains in my like pelvic area, obviously. So he gets home. He's like, you okay, babe? I said, I really don't feel good. Hey. And I said, I've, I'm having like cramping. Like it's really mild, but I'm, I'm having like cramping. <clears throat> and he's like, oh, is it, um, you know, fake contractions? Like as in Braxton Hicks, cause I was getting them obviously all the time. And I said, no, this is different. Like this is a different pain. It doesn't feel like the tightness was not in my stomach at that point either. It was, it was all in my pelvic, like all in my pelvis. So anyway, he jumps in the shower and all that. And he comes out and he goes, are you honestly okay? I said, I don't think so. And then he says to me, do you maybe want to um, call the hospital and, and maybe cancel our dinner plans? I said, yeah no worries, I'll cancel the dinner plans so we can go to the hospital and be assessed. Because in the meantime as well, I was actually texting a girlfriend of mine that had had her daughter four months before I had my son. So I said to her, babe, when you went into labor, did you have period type pain? She goes, oh my God, yes, yes, I did. Like the day I, my waters broke, I had period pain. Like that, you know, it was just, she was so excited. She goes, oh my God, keep me updated. You're probably in early labor. So I was like, holy shit. So um, by this point, I think we waited a few hours. I called the hospital and the hospital had said to me, definitely come in and get assessed because if it is your waters that have broken, like you're at risk of infection and la la la. And I said, um, yeah, perfect. So we did that. I then called my mom and I said, hey, 
like super cash, by the way, guys. Like I was not at all stressing about this. Like I was just like, cool, we'll go into the hospital. They'll check me. They'll send us home. Like, you know, I feel like I'm not sure if everyone feels this way, but I definitely wanted to at least be in early stages of labor at home. But hey, it didn't happen that way for me and that's okay. It wasn't meant to and that's what I truly, truly believe. Like whatever is meant to be and your experience is, that's just how it is. Like that's how it was meant to be. So anyway, um, my mum on the phone to me says, well, why don't you bring Archie, which is my dog for those of you who don't know. I said, no, it'll be fine. Like we're probably going to get sent home anyway. Mum goes, Brit, seriously? Bring the dog here on your way through to the hospital and just in case they keep you in. I said, okay, I'll do that. So thankfully we did do that. Packed the hospital bags and everything as well, obviously, because that's what ended up happening. (laughs) So we had eaten and everything. Sorry, I'm like all over the place with this info because I'm just trying to like piece it back together myself. But um, we had dinner before we left. Like it was super cash, super crazy at this point. Like my contractions were so irregular and like barely, like they were just so bearable at this point. Um, So I, what was I going to say? Yeah, so we ended up, we had a quick dinner, Riley and I, and that was probably about six o'clock at night. Then we went to my mum and dad's, which we didn't really then get to the hospital till probably 8 p.m. on the Friday night. So once we get there, I checked myself in. I waited for about, mm, not that long, to be honest, maybe like 20 minutes. So I, yeah, we would have been assessed or gone into the assessment area at like 8.30-ish, roughly. So from about 8.30 until 11 p.m., we were in that assessment room. And they had me strapped to the, the monitor, obviously, and that was obviously um, keeping an eye on my contractions and, you know, when they were coming and how big they were and little and this and that. So, um, yeah, I was also assessed by the doctor and they checked if my it was my waters that had actually broken and obviously I was like one centimetre or something like that. So literally nothing. <laughs> um And yeah, so that's where it got to with the assessing. And then whilst in that area, the doctor sort of went away and she came back to me and she said, "Um, we're going to keep you in if that's okay with you because you're 36 weeks, your waters are slow leaking. And just because you're at risk of infection, we don't really want to send you home. And because you are preterm, we're going to have to induce you. So that's where the going home went out the window. So I text, I was texting my mum back and forth anyway, keeping her up to date because I knew the second that I went into the birthing suite, I wanted her in there as well as Riley. Like they were the two people that I wanted in my birthing suite with me through my labor. So um, what happened after that? So they made me put on, <laughs> fuck, they made me put on one of those big, surfboard pads which this is the side of pregnancy and labor and all the shit that people don't tell you right I mean to be fair my mum did mention this stuff to me she did she definitely did but it's my mum so it's like a little bit different but 
you know, your average Joe isn't obviously going to come up to you and be like, well, let me tell you about the ugly parts of labor. Like, would anyone have babies? Probably not. (laughs) No, I'm kidding. It's all totally worth it. It's all totally worth it. But it's just, it's not pretty. That's why I laugh so hard. Sorry, I'm like side noting so hard right now. But that's why I laugh so hard at these Instagram people when they just give birth and they've got fucking a full face of makeup, their lashes done. They look like they've just had a fucking spa day. I can't deal with that. It's like here I am, been in labor for 36 hours, no sleep, look like I've literally like died 10 times over and come back to life. Like what the hell? I just, and to be honest with you, I know they have like a reputation to upkeep or whatever, but that is the furthest thing from my mind when I've just brought life into this world and I've just endured like the most craziest pain ever. I can't fathom. Anyway, that's my opinion. People may not agree and people may look at that and be like, oh, goals, but it's like, really? You really want to have a full face of makeup after you've just fucking brought a baby into the world? Like, I'm beside myself. Anyway back to it. So from wearing the surfboard pad (laughs) from like 11 PM onwards, I started to lose a lot more fluid and I was actually soaking those big pads like quite a lot. Like I was changing them quite frequently at this point. So we got sent up to a room that we actually had to share in the ward with another girl that was being induced as well. So that was, yeah, really hard because I was starting to like progress, like the pain was progressing. So that was the hardest part, like sharing a room because it's like I'm experiencing this, like this poor girl's probably trying to get some rest in before she also goes into labor and like I'm like a mess. (laughs) And everyone deals with it differently and that just shows it. And like, who knows, everyone's pain threshold, but this poor girl. Anyway, I was in and out of the shower for probably like, a couple of hours at least because um, Riley had actually gone off to get us some food because at this point it was like midnight or something and I was so freaking hungry. Like I hadn't eaten since 8 p. oh no, even earlier, like 6 o'clock that night. I was like, babe, like can you please go get us some food? So nothing was open, of course. Macca's was the only option. So at, at that point as well, I was sort of, I remember knowing that like early labor can go for hours. So I even had mentioned to Riley before he went off to get us food that if he wanted to go home and sleep, like he could, and then just come back first thing in the morning, like at least just to get a few hours. Anyway, he was probably gone for 20 minutes. And in that 20 minutes, him leaving me and coming back, I was like, that's it. You're not fucking going anywhere. Like you are staying here with me because this is getting so much worse. And at that point, they'd only given me like painkillers like what is that supposed to do I don't know but it did nothing for me so um I was in and out the shower which to be honest in my early stages of labor that really helped like because a lot of the pain was in my back um still a heap of tightness in my stomach with my contractions but mostly my back holy shit like I can really remember that pain in my back like it was hectic and the heat of the hot water in the shower was just like, oh, the best thing. Like it really made a difference to me in those early stages. So um, also another side note, my plan, I say that 
lightly because I feel like you just this is one thing that you cannot control so I know you want to have a plan of the birth that you want to have but yeah I just don't ever think that even if you do have a plan that it's necessarily going to swing that way which it may for some of you and that is freaking amazing but it definitely did not for me so I wanted a water birth a natural water birth but the second that I checked myself in and they seen that, they were like, you're 36 weeks, you preterm labor, that totally rules out water birth. And I was like, okay, damn. So that was the first thing. But look, like I said before, I totally believe that there's a reason and, and these things, they're supposed to happen this way for a reason. So that was totally fine. I just took that on board. Like, okay, cool. We'll just, that's all good. We'll just work with whatever way we're going to go with it. Um... Yeah, so what happened then? Oh, I was just like getting progressively worse. So I probably was in and out of the shower maybe three times and it would have been early hours of the morning. I was still texting my mom. She said to me, try and get some rest because tomorrow is going to be a massive day if they're planning on inducing you. Oh, there's no way I could get any rest. I was just in so much pain, guys. Like I could not sleep. And at this point as well, my contractions were still very irregular, but they were very, not very intense. Like I'm not going to say that because this was still early labor. So it wasn't even, yeah. Um, But it was enough for me to sort of want more pain relief at that point. So I remember calling the midwife back in and she said have you been like um recording your contractions I said yes they're still like like some are like five minutes apart then it's like two minutes and then it's like bloody ten or seven minutes and yeah they were just like really irregular so um she said to me look hop up because at that point as well I was like leaning over the bed like um, the hospital bed I found that was like the easiest way to take pressure off my back was to lean over the bed so She said to me, look, stand up, try and go for a walk around the ward like a couple of times and then come back and we'll assess you then. And I said, okay. So we got up, both Riley and I, and at this point it would have been like three o'clock in the morning or four o'clock in the morning even because the sun was coming up. And I remember that because I walked out of the room that we were into the window sill and that was probably like 100 metres from our room until I had another contraction. So... I was leant over this windowsill looking out onto Gold Coast University, um, Griffith Uni, and seeing the sun come up, which was actually quite beautiful, but I was in a heap of fucking pain. <laughs> so I remember leaning over, looking out, Riley's rubbing my back, like getting me through the contraction. Anyway, it come good. So we walk again. It was probably like another 100 to 200 meters, and then bam, another one hits. I was like, shit, this is okay. They're getting closer now, I feel. So... Anyway, the nurse or the midwife that had, you know, sent us off for a walk come over and she said, okay, she could sort of see it was getting, you know, a lot more intense. So she said, okay, don't worry about going the whole way around, walk back to your room, take your time. And then I'm going to strap the monitor to you and we're going to check um, how your contractions are and how intense they are. And everything will just monitor that for a few. I said, okay. So we walk back. She straps me in, checks it, and yeah, at this point, I was like really breathing through them. Like it was getting to that second stage now of labor, and it was like enough for me to go. I'm like in a lot of pain. These painkillers aren't doing shit. I'm over the shower. I don't want to have another shower. 
um, please just give me another option. So she called down to the birth suites and we, that was when, um, we headed off down there. So I text my mom and I said, you can come now. Um, we're, we're getting our own birth suite, um, gave her the number, etc. And then, yeah, that was that. So the second that I got to the birthing suite, which so it would have been roughly 6am on the Saturday morning now, um, I said to the lady, like, can I have the gas? And she's like, yes, absolutely. So I took the, I had the gas, which really took the edge off for me. Like at first I was really good at like, um, just really inhaling and like, that was just really good for me. Like that was a good option for me. And for hours, for at least a few hours, I was just taking every contraction with the gas. Like it was really, really, really taking the edge off, like breathing through and then, yep, that's it. It was done. So it, that really helped me. And there was a point there that I was like, shit, yeah, I can do this. Like in my head, I'm like, if this is, you know, how it's going to be, like, I've, I've got this, like I can totally just breathe through it. And like, I'm in a headspace in my labor as well at this point that um, I sort of would, I, I don't know, it was kind of like a training mindset. So for me, when I train, you know, and I like count down the reps or count down the seconds or, you know, you know that it's coming to an end. So it was the same thing with my contractions and my mum was really good at that. And she would watch and Riley would watch the monitor and be like, okay, here's another one coming. Like get ready for it. Breathe in the gas, like really talk me through it. I would breathe it in. And then like, they'd be like, okay, your contraction, like it's at its peak. It's coming back down. It's coming back down. And I'd just like breathe through it and be like, oh, thank God. Obviously when it's over. And it's actually funny when you're in between contractions, like you think, I'm actually fine. I feel fine. Like you're exhausted. You're getting more and more tired, but you're like, oh, you feel yourself. (laughs) You can have a conversation. You can have a laugh. It's like, holy crap. Like, and then when you're in that, you know, in the moment of having contraction, like everyone shut the fuck up. Like, don't talk to me. No, it's not. Yeah. It's, I wasn't actually, to be honest with you, I wasn't like that. I sort of had I don't know, this vision of how I would take on labor. And I honestly thought, because I'm quite a hothead anyway, that's a Scorpio in me. I, and that, you know, I'm quite outgoing. I truly believe that that's how I was going to be in my labor. Like I would be quite vocal. I would be quite, and I know they teach you to be calm and everything. Obviously that's the most, like the best way. But I was in fact, the opposite. I was so calm. I was like just in a good state at first. Like I was just breathing through everything. I was focused. Like it was just, that's, I didn't swear at all. I was really more of like a, like I, I would groan in the pain, but I, I wasn't like vocal. I honestly, to tell you the truth, I didn't have enough energy to even be vocal. Like I was wrecked. So, um, Anyway, they ended up in obviously then putting the oxytocin in, which fuck me. After they did that, that really took shit to the next level. Like I was dealing with my contractions okay. And the second they switched that bad boy on, my God, guys, like I cannot tell. I reckon I had three contractions, fucking hectic contractions in the space of probably like (laughs) I reckon they lasted for about 30 seconds and I had probably not even 30 seconds in between them. Like they were fucking back 
to back contractions. I apologize for my mouth. I really need to stop swearing, but I'm quite expressive. I'm just trying to like explain my experience. <laughs> um, yeah, so they were just like hectic and the, the midwife was like, shit. I think they had it on like level 12 or something. She goes, wow, I think you're like really overly sensitive to the oxytocin. I'm going to turn it down. I was like, thank God fuck in my head like I didn't say that to her obviously but I was like okay yeah like that's a good idea because holy shit that was just bullshit how hectic those contractions were like and that's what I mean like here I am thinking I've got this I can deal with this like with in that stage of labor where you're like you've you're kind of on a roll with it you know you your body's regulating your contractions are regulating you know when they're coming and you know what they feel like so you know what to expect at that point. No way I would have thought that they could get any fucking worse. But they did. They freaking did. I don't know how, but they did. So anyway, once they had upped the oxytocin, she then says to me, okay, so they assessed me. I was three centimeters. This would have been maybe like nine o'clock so in the morning at this point so she says okay baby is also posterior so you're gonna have to get up if you want to but it's probably best you get up and either stand or sit on the exercise ball I said okay I'll sit on the ball um, because we needed to turn him around I'm not kidding guys the second I stood up another hectic contraction could barely even breathe to be honest with you sat on the ball and the midwife's like, yeah, that's it. He's just moved. Definitely. He's just moved. If like the second you've stood up, you've had like a contraction like that. Anyway. So then I sat on the ball, which was awesome because you know, your body just takes over and every contraction from that point, like I was just moving with it and rocking on the ball. It was much easier than lying, lying down which I know they tell you like gravity helps like either lean over or stand up or sit, you know, where the baby is like coming down, like gravity really helps bring that on. So I was on the ball for probably a good couple of hours. I'm not sure exactly, but I think it would have been a couple of hours. And, you know, I was, it was really starting to hit me hard now. Like I was fucking exhausted. I think it was around 11 o'clock and I was just like, oh my God, this is the point that my labor really progressed quite quickly and I hit my fucking peak. Like I was just like, oh my God, like I was hysterical at this point. I was at the point that I could not even inhale the gas anymore. I would just chew the end of the tube, like my teeth the next day. I don't know if anyone else experienced this, but my teeth the following day were so sore just from chewing on that and being so tense, like everywhere in my body for hours. (laughs) So I just remember getting to that point and I was crying in Riley's arms. Like I was hunched over just like hysterical after this, these contractions going, I can't do this anymore. I don't want to do this anymore. Like I've had enough, like I'm exhausted. Like this hurts so much, like everything you can imagine, which I know that they say when you get to that point in your labor, like that's when you're pretty close. So still to this day, I'll never know whether I was pretty close because I opted for a epidural at that point. So it was still another two hours before that had all happened. And yeah, so I remember him telling me how important it is to stay still. And, you know, obviously because of the risks involved and everything like that. 
And of course, when I'm in labor, I'm not thinking about that. I just want the pain to be gone. Like get me out of this pain. Like I feel like I'm about to die. Like I still remember trying to explain to Riley after like the shit that was going through my head in those, in those, um, that peak of my labor, like every contraction, I swear to you, my life was flashing before my eyes. It was bizarre. Like it was so bizarre. Like all these memories and like things were just like in the middle of my contraction. Like I would, I would visualize these things. Like it was so crazy. It's just like your body is in the most primal, uncontrollable state. Like it's really adrenaline and that fight or flight like am I gonna die or am I gonna survive this like who knows so that was intense to me like I still think back to that and go that was just and almost like a out-of-body experience in a weird-ass way like you really can't explain it and of course everybody's experience is different I don't know if that just happened to me but I really remember getting to a point that the shit that was going through my head was just bizarre like I I couldn't even explain it to you So that was when I was like, that's it. I tap out. Like I need pain relief. Like this is, I'm literally going to die. I feel. So he comes in, they're telling me that. And the hardest thing about having an epidural is the fact that you've got this huge belly in front of you and you've really got to hunch over so that they can access your spine and see everything clearly. Um, And I remember having a contraction or at least a few in the midst of him injecting this or putting the needle in and the nurse had her hand on my belly and Riley was like below me and he was just saying to me, don't move, don't move, don't move. And then I had a contraction and bam, what do you think I do? Move. I throw my head back. I lean so far forward into him. Like, so I'm basically arching my back. Um, and like the fear in his eyes, I cannot tell you. And like my mum's screaming at me, my, like Riley screaming at me, the midwife, everyone's like, don't move, don't move, don't move. Like, and of course you're thinking, well, fuck me. Like I literally can't control this shit. Like my body is basically doing this itself. (laughs) Like I'm not really doing it. So it was just crazy. And then thank God after that contraction, he's like, okay, it's in. I finally got it in. Like that was like the longest like what felt like hours but it wasn't it was obviously just you know minutes but it felt like he was putting that in for hours (laughs) so yeah once that was done all good pain relief like happy days but it just my experience did not get better from there guys like if anything whatever could go wrong did go wrong like I I kept really positive in it like I honestly didn't let it bother me my mum even said that like for someone that's quite impatient, which I am, I'm happy to admit that, someone that just like, um, you know, is quite, gets just annoyed at little things. Like I was really doing well in in this moment when everything was sort of just like not going the right way at all. So after having the epidural, they assessed me, I was still three centimeters. So that was super shit because it'd been hours. Um, oh no, no, I lie. I lie. They assessed me. I was five centimeters. I was like, shit. Yeah, we're halfway. That's so good. And a couple of hours later, they come back, they assess me again. And I was three centimeters. I said, what do you mean? Because last time I was assessed, I was five centimeters. They're like, oh, they must've assessed you wrong or yeah, something's happened because you're only three centimeters. I'm like, you're joking. And honest to God, like I, 
I think next time I would prefer possibly not to know as often as I did know how many centimeters because it is really discouraging and not everyone, you know, may feel that way, but I feel that way for myself. I feel like it makes you feel like you're failing or it just gets super frustrating because it's not like our, it's not like labor is, you know, easy. It's like a hard, when you've been in like labor as well for a significant amount of time and you still haven't progressed, I think that's when it gets a little bit like, okay, what's going on? So, um, at this point as well, I ended up, um, ended up getting a fever, you know, so then I was, I had to have another cannula put in, which I already had two. They put a third one in and had to flush antibiotics through me. Um, my heart rate started to drop, my blood pressure started to drop. And then the same thing happened to Zaid. So with every contraction, he was obviously getting more and more tired, um, and then his, they were watching his heart rate, which was so scary because after every contraction that you have, a baby's heart rate will naturally drop, but it comes straight back up. With Zaid, his would drop in the contraction and really, really slowly, you know, elevate to come back to, you know, where it should have been. So that was really scary. And and that this this went on for hours, guys. Like hours not to mention they also gave me a triple dose of epidural at the start so when they came and did the ice test I literally couldn't feel my face and it's not meant to go above your heart so that was excellent probably could have my heart could have literally stopped so I was lucky that didn't happen so I wasn't obviously allowed to dose again for like another you know hour or so until you know the numbness sort of come back below my heart so that was awesome. And then um, obviously I still felt a lot of pressure, no contractions though, but a lot of pressure. Um, what happened then? So then they took the monitor off me from around my belly. Then they stuck a monitor on Zaid's head on the inside and monitored him that way. It was It's apparently just more accurate, especially after you have an epidural. Um, so they did that. They also, because they were concerned with how much his blood pressure and like heart rate and stuff were dropping and everything was just like, just not going right. They also had to take a sample of blood from his head to test like his endurance level. So I think if it was like below a certain number, then it was like, that's it. You're in for an emergency cesarean, like right now. And if it was below, uh, sorry, above a certain number, then it's okay. You can keep going and let your labor progress. So thankfully, I could let my labor progress because it was over that particular number. I couldn't tell you what the number was, but um, yeah, he was all good to keep sort of going. And then um, it just went back and forth for hours, honestly. Like, do we take you in for an emergency cesarean like 10 doctors in the room come rushing in because his heart rate's dropping and then they're like no it's all good it could change at any point like so to be honest with you the hardest thing for me to accept was like oh I'm gonna get emotional now (laughs) I didn't think that I would um you know like I felt like I needed to mentally prepare myself to have a cesarean like that's major surgery that I was not prepared for and you're not I don't think you can be prepared for any of it but just having you you know to to know that you 
can't have a baby the way you wanted to is a little bit rough. But in saying that, going back to what, sorry for getting upset, to what I was saying before is my baby boy was meant to enter the world that way. And I know I haven't got to this point yet, but he was meant to come that way because God knows what would have happened if I had tried to push him out. And yeah, anyway, so getting back to that, just hours went by. It was back and forth, back and forth. You're okay. You're not. It's, we'll take you. We won't. Like it was just, I had, I was like a pincushion. I had all these bloods taken and tested and just everything. Like I was milked like a cow in there. Like the midwife was getting all my colostrum because Zaid being premature, what, um, you know, he would have been going straight to the nursery, which he did spend most of the time in hospital in the nursery as he was four weeks early. Um, and then I've got Riley on another nipple, like milking me that way. So it's like fucking so glorious, like the most amazing experience, but yet it's just like so overwhelming. And it's like, it's a lot, like no wonder nobody sort of speaks about it until months after (laughs) because it's a lot to relive. So anyway, I just really would have liked to mentally prepare myself to be ready. And like I said, I don't think you can ever be ready for whatever's going to happen. But I just hated the idea of being severed open. And especially because I love my fitness. I love to exercise. And yes, I would have had to wait six weeks anyway. But I just knew the recovery time was a lot more. And yeah, I just, I am a very independent person and, and that was really hard for a pill for me to swallow, having people do things for me. And of course, yes, I'm so grateful for that and I love that I had the help, but it's like you feel really shit that you can't physically do anything, literally anything. So for like weeks, you know, you can't drive. It's like, anyway, it is what it is. I'm not like trying to put a negative spin on it because I'm so freaking grateful for what my body endured and what the, like how amazing, like, and worth it it is. Like it's, yeah. But this is just my personal experience and that's, I just want to keep making that clear. I'm not trying to like, yeah, anyway. So um, what happened after that? So yeah, it just went back and forth, back and forth. And then it got to... <laughs> like probably midnight on this Saturday and they assessed me and I was eight centimeters guys shit yes happy days they said to me you've got two more hours Brit and you can push fucking finally that's what I'm thinking fucking finally so I'm like yes holy shit I'm about to have a baby like oh my god this is so crazy like just so much shit was going through my mind and then Um, they come back in again and they're like, um, assess me the two hours later and I was seven centimeters. Oh my God. Talk about a kick in the balls. If I had them, I honestly was like, that's it now. I'm, if you guys don't call it, I'm calling it because I'm done. I want my baby. I'm sick of this shit. Like I'm honestly over it now. I'm exhausted. I've had no sleep. Like just get me my baby, please. So they then said to me, look, you can, you're dilating backwards because Zaid was obstructed and the way his head was positioned in the birth canal was making my cervix swell. So therefore I was then dilating backwards. Anyway, so they're like, you either wait another two hours and see if it turns around and and you can start pushing or 
you opt for an emergency cesarean. Anyway, the doctors left the room. My mum said to me, look, you now need to make the decision about what's going to be safest for you and your baby. Okay. She goes, I know you don't want a cesarean. It's like, you know, it's a horrible thing to be severed open. And like, to be honest, I've never had any major surgery apart from my cesarean. So mum's like, look, because the scary thing is if he is obstructed and even if you get to 10 centimeters, which that who knows how many hours that's going to take, she said, you could start pushing and something bad will, um, will happen like, or, you know, could happen. So I said, okay. So then I called them back in. I signed the paperwork. I said, I'll opt for an emergency cesarean because they also told me the deeper, um, that the baby gets into the birth canal, the harder it is to pull them out even through a cesarean. So um, we waited another couple of hours and that's what we did. We went, got our scrubs on, went into surgery and within 10 minutes I seen my baby boy lifted over the blue sheet and that was that. Like super crazy experience. Like I was so out of it. I remember it, but I was just like, to be honest, like, it's, it might be a different connection initially because it's like I didn't get that initial like touch or I didn't get to hold him the second he came out or um, that was like a hard thing for me. But I was so like out of it and drugged up anyway that I was just like I remembering the moment but I was just like so numb to everything that's like Riley was like there experiencing it all and I've like got tears rolling down my face. So I was clearly feeling but I just – I just, yeah, it was really weird. It's super hard to explain. So Riley went and grabbed baby Zaid and brought him back around to me. And I just sort of looked at him and stared at him while they were like stitching me up. And the nurses were like talking to Riley and we got a quick photo. And that's like pretty much all I remember. And then they like, they come and got him and took him straight to the nursery. So for the first four hours after giving birth to my baby, I did not even hold him which was freaking so heartbreaking. It's like I've just gone through 36 fucking hours of this like intense pain, emotion, like you name it, you feeling it. It's just like and then I'm in recovery for like 30 minutes and then I've got to wait four hours to have a shower or even stand up because I've got to wait for the epidural to wear off and it's I remember I actually got them to wheel me around to the nursery in my bed just so I could hold my baby. Like I just, there's no way I could wait any longer to have hold, like held him in my arms. Like, so that for me, like was a lot, but yeah, like it, that was basically the end. Like that was my birth. So oh, it's just, yeah, it's crazy. And I, I really do want to try next time and have a V back if I can, but I'm just going to keep an open mind with my next pregnancy and birth because honestly, no two pregnancies or birth is going to be the same. And yeah, I'm really like excited to see if I could have my next baby naturally. But either way, Zaid's here. He's happy, healthy. You know, it could have, he was just, he was meant to come into the world that particular way and my body was meant to give birth that way you know so I'm so grateful and as a woman like my body is my oh I admire it like 
admire it. Yes, things are different. Things jiggle now that didn't used to. Gravity's taken everything. <laughs> but look, I'm working on it. I'm working on building that, that that tone and muscle back up as we speak. But, you know, it's I everyone should understand and even if your birth doesn't go the way you want it to go and, you know, you didn't have have it the way you sort of wanted to have it or the way you pictured it it's like you just got to trust in the process because that's the way your baby was meant to enter this world and no matter which way you birth your baby you're a fucking superwoman like women are just oh the bee's knees like queens absolute queens you know we take it all like we honestly the shit that we are capable of doing Growing humans is one thing, but bringing them into the world like that is another thing. Not to mention, which I won't talk about in this podcast, I'll probably save that for another podcast, is my post-recovery and like that whole experience with the cesarean in particular, because obviously I don't really know post-birth about a vaginal birth or anything like that, hopefully next time. (laughs) Um, Yeah, but I just... I'll go into like my post-recovery and post-seizure and everything in the, in my next podcast because that's probably going to take another hour like this one has. Um, yeah, but I hope, I mean, I've probably missed things, guys, seriously, and I'm so sorry if I have, but like I did my best to, to remember all the fine little details. Um, if anything, you're always probably best to have like your, your labor support like as in my mum or Riley tell the story because I feel like they would have probably you know remembered a little bit more than what I did because it's such a blur to me but um yeah I hope you've enjoyed this podcast like I really enjoy listening to other people's birth stories and everything like that so I mean that like I said there's probably things that I've missed and I apologize but yeah I literally couldn't remember to tell you even if I tried so Yeah, let me know what you thought of this and if you do want to hear my post, you know, postnatal, you know, first six weeks recovery or anything like that and what I did to get back on track and, you know, that's like sort of where I want to take the next podcast and sort of follow on from this. Um, Yeah, because, you know, some people are interested, some people aren't. So if you are and you've listened to this entire podcast, it's like currently 52 minutes. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. It is super long. I probably should have done it in two parts and I apologize. But like once you get me talking, there ain't no stopping me. (laughs) And like I said, 36 hour labor to fit into like, you know, a 60 minute podcast is that's like a lot. So anyway, well, let me know what you think. Definitely keen for feedback and I will go into, you know, my post postnatal recovery experience in the next podcast so thank you guys for listening and if there is anything else that you request or want to hear you know content wise for my podcast please send me a dm on instagram and let me know all right guys enjoy the rest of your day and you will hear from me very very soon bye